0: Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT2. Oh! Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, join my Michael Sidgwick's look ahead to. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy, but here's my number. Baby. (laughs) (laughs) On a Saturday. Oh. Hey?
1: Kind of makes no difference to me. I will be. Doing my homework at the last minute and watching it on Monday morning and getting up an hour earlier than I usually would. Yeah. Because there's nothing yet again on this show with the hype or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know Sorry. what I mean? But yeah, it'll, it'll, be fi- it'll be fine. We, we take a lot of pride in our work, of course, here at What Culture. We also have a lot of fun with it, I me, mean, you, and, and Um, But there was one of these recently. Where it posted, and I saw someone say like in the on Twitter reply saying like, "Guys, it's it's Saturday, it's not tonight." And normally, if that was you know, if we'd messed up when a pay per view is or whatever, I'd be like, "Oh bloody hell, I'm really can't believe I've done that." And I saw that and went, uh, "Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares?" I Hamlet in
1: the office earlier asked me with it being Saturday if it's live, and I was like. I don't know. (laughs) We are not only past the point where there's hype for a Rampage match in the building and you are told, don't miss this one. It's awesome. Yeah. I remember those days. Watch it. I remember those days. Now, I just... I don't have to implement any sort of controls in my social media activity to avoid spoilers. (laughs) Not that literally every single match isn't incredibly predictable, which means there's no point in doing so. But there were certain accounts that I used to follow on Twitter that would um pull spoilers mm. and I would just mute them or block them or whatever or just unfollow. And now that I've done that, I've got I've got no idea. Like the, the word rampage is so ugh, to me, so irrelevant that if I'm um say I'm scrolling on F4W online or another website when I'm trying to look for uh, a review or just anything to do with my work and I would see rampage spoilers I, I wouldn't look at the the um the picture just in case yeah, it yeah, yeah. gives something away now I don't I might see it I just don't register anything to do with <coughs> rampage at this point it's a total and utter work obligation
0: well, counting that's sometimes it. canny good Counting the days till collision now, aren't we? Basically, two months. <laughs> Got a few bank holidays in there as well, so you don't have to watch as many as you think. Yeah,
1: this is AEW main event. Yeah, and it has been for quite some time.
0: Like, there's some tasty looking matches on this show. I don't mean to. Put Not it... really. <laughs> I try. I try. I'll is
1: that Anna? Uh, is that there, there's no on this show? You know you do. Your and there mother... is one.
0: There's one. There's the eight, one. The eight man. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, the, the King goes on it. And, yeah, I should say that, yeah.
1: And I'm not saying you can overexpose such a fantastic and spectacular worker by booking him in, what, three or four matches across AEW and ROH, but still, still, we'll get into it. Have you got a fifth bullet point to make it interesting?
0: Always. Um, that I'm... isn't to do with Rampage. Oh. Uh... I'll work on it. Work on we, whilst it. Whilst we're going through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, it goes down Saturday night. Um, we will be reviewing it on Monday, of course. Uh, let's start with that. El Hijo del Vikingo match versus Drillistico uh, for the A Mega Championship. A high-flying affair, I sense. Yes, me
1: too. Drillistico, this is a funny match because Drillistico is really good without being in the top tier of Lucha Libre guys, in my opinion, anyway. So you're not going to get a match as spectacular as Vikingo Commander, who I have problems with and who I'm going to touch on um, momentarily, um, or Vikingo versus Kenny. And because he's not a particularly great base, which is the other type of great Vikingo match, I feel like this is going to be really spectacular, obviously very, very impressive if not quite blow away grey, as some of the other Vikingo matches we've seen across the Indies and in AEW and ROH of late. It'll be a really good, if in essential time, um, Vikingo's going to win. It should be really, really fun. Um, But I'm not saying, right, that you can't book two similar workers at the same time. I was going to ask you about this, yeah. After all, CM Punk brought in two awesome technicians in Brian Danielson and CM Punk around about the same time. All right, if not if CM Punk isn't a great technician, he's at least certainly an absolutely fantastic in ring storyteller yes. who uses a technical style to tell those stories. And no one complained. Everyone rejoiced. I'm not biased against Lucha Libre in any way, shape, or form. I think it's fantastic and I tend not to anymore get involved in terrible wrestling discourse, but there was a ridiculous anti-commander sentiment on um, Twitter recently by people who are completely ignorant towards different styles of wrestling and who deserve no um, platforming on this podcast. Yeah. However, I do think it's something of an impulsive mistake on Tony Khan's part to, in parallel, book Vikingo and Commander so heavily on his programming at the exact same time. Because as talented as Commander is, he's still pretty raw. He's not at the level that vikingo is yet. And for me, Tony Khan is inviting comparisons Mm -hmm. by promoting them both in parallel at the exact same time pretty much. And... I thought he's done Commander a bit of a disservice here because Vikingo's just like, he's rapidly becoming one of the very best professional wrestlers in the world. Mm. And I think Commander's suffering, suffering the curse of comparison, at least to me. Uh, maybe I should open my mind a little bit more. Who knows? Um, but I have fear that this match in and of itself could be really, really good. But again, it's just going to do your hot new signing more harm than good indirectly.
0: Do you think this is a new strategy, by the way, for uh, for AW on Rampage, I mean, because they had the IWGP tag titles last week open the show. I'm not suggesting this necessarily opens the show, although it's always, you know, a weird sort of topsy-turvy card. If you were going to
1: open this show and benefit from a lead-in, I would have this. Yeah, exactly. A different type of wrestling to that
0: which the majority of North American fans have been raised. Yeah, your main event, although you've got you argue at Moxley in this show, so you argue you've got multiple main events, but your main event traditionally would go at the end of the show, but not when it's on a Friday and Saturday and it starts at 10 p.m. or, you know, later than you front-load it, like you say. And I know, obviously... Uh, they were helped by the lead in last week. But that tag title match, Aussie Open best friends did a great number for them. Um, So is this maybe them trying something a little bit different of, well, we'll put some people you may not have seen before for uh, for a belt on there and see if that can hook people perhaps. I think that, If this is indeed a trend that's going
1: to go forward, you might as well do this, and maybe it is a calculated strategy, because with Rampage now, the name of the brand is so dead, it's so irrelevant, no one cares about it. People, performers on AEW television have even kind of halfway buried Rampage. I think when Jack Perry and MGF were having one of those promo exchanges, he said, you don't even go on Rampage. Which is stupid. Which was a badge of honor for MJF. Exactly. Um, It means he's escaped the obligation of doing it, which means it feels like an obligation to some wrestlers, which is just silly. Um, You're not going to get it anywhere near the level of dynamite. What you might as well do with it, because no one even talks really about Rampage, and that's insane to me, considering how hyper-scrutinized AEW is on the whole. Yeah. Very few of the controversies that drive terrible social media discourse actually happened on Rampage. It's as it's if the people who dunk on AEW, specifically for terrible clout reasons, even they realize, well, if I do this about Rampage, I'm not going to get my stupid takes out in yeah. the uh, out in the discourse, that if even the bad faith actors can't be bothered to get <laughs> Cloud by burying it, there is a problem here. All that said, there is a limited amount of people who watch Rampage, it's clearly a far lower number than those who watch Dynamite. You will never, particularly with that time slot, encourage the vast majority of AEW fans or half of the Dynamite fans even to watch Rampage. You might as well really impress the few people who do. By, and you know they're the hardcore of the hardcores. If you're watching Rampage every single week at this point, you are a massive hardcore AEW fan. Why not just cater to them mm. and excite them and give them matches that they can crew about rather than just pretty basic dynamite fodder matches that would kind of sink the middle of the show, mm. which is what you all too often get on Rampage and which we are getting tonight in the
0: form of a match between John Moxley and Christopher Daniels. That's a beautiful segue into, into that. Um, not a good night. Christopher Daniels, again, I feel like I've said that a lot in terms of he just seems to get his ass handed to people.
1: Well, that's what he's there for. Yes. And that's fine. Ridiculously tenured. Um, he's kind of beloved in certain circles. He's a good um, opponent for Moxley to just annihilate. You want a heel to kill... A really respected veteran scalp in quite ugly fashion because it just the veteran isn't expected to win at this point. Moxley gets over by just chinning someone <laughs> who um, can be chinned at this stage of their career. Um, I might be too cynical here because I was when it came to Silas Young versus Powerhouse Hobbs, which I thought was going to be either Nount or Summit. In that it might just go six to eight minutes because there's a sentimentality there because it was from Milwaukee where um, Young's from. My worry is that they'll try and give Daniels too much. That was yet another bit of discourse from Dynamite this week with Commander and Jay White. Because I don't take Daniels seriously at this point as a threat to John Moxley and I don't think he's got it in him to do anything beyond the level of, oh, you know what, that was really respectable. That's the ceiling of a Daniels match now. And look, he was an absolute phenomenon of the um, 21st century indie scene and in TNA, so it's not as if you can begrudge him for not doing that, but you just can't do it anymore. I would have John Moxley kill him handily, decisively, brutally, because this match just basically exists to get a star on TV. That's all it's there for. I don't want this match to insult my intelligence. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. He, he, he it could be boring. He shouldn't have too much trouble with Christopher Daniels, despite what a legend that he is. Do you think there's also possibly a reason why they picked Daniels, not just because of his, you know, legacy and connections within and stuff like that, but also possibly because they might do... In the Kelly clique. But well, he is. I suppose, yeah, he is. He's a uh, great friend of the Young Bucks. I want to hear that phrase in this studio for a long time. I hate it.
1: Terrible. But no, you're right. He is a good friend of the Young Bucks. They have worked extensively together. They were brought in SCU at the Young Bucks Urgent. Um, maybe them beating up Christopher Daniels could draw out the Young Bucks. And there's history between the Young Bucks and Daniels in AEW. Uh, yeah. Daniels then... Basically, it was the time when he said that if I can't win the tag team titles, we are going to just retire. I
0: remember this.
1: And it got bloodied to, even by AEW standards, an excessive extent. And they had the big post-match tear jerker. This is it. F***
0: these guys.
1: <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for f***ing coming. Uh, something else is out in the backstage, which is more important than your... Uh, and, yeah, you know, your nice send-off.
0: It was great, wasn't it? It was like, wow, SCU and Christopher Daniels will never be able to fight for those tag titles again.
1: They're crying in the
0: ring. Anyway, enough of that <laughs> What's going on backstage, Marvez, huh? So they there could be some...
1: And, you know, the Young Bucks are great at this continuity lock. Maybe they could come out, save Daniels from a beatdown, BCC retreat, and just to solidify... Elite baby face tanks. It's coming becoming quite apparent now that they are turning face. They've kind of been faced for a while, except they like a heel in Callus. Callus is now kind of distancing himself from the elite. Trying to bring uh, anyone
0: into the elite not called hangman
1: page. Yeah. So maybe there'll be a bit of continuity here where Matt Jackson can give kind of a somber nod to Christopher Daniels. The look on his face can suggest something like we're Dix to you two years ago. We should never
0: have done that. Really sorry. Here's us making amends by helping you out. Do you think that's well, the other thing I was going to ask? Is because of it's because it's Daniels in particular, there might be some, in, in the words of Simon Miller, Hi. stuff going after the eye with the, they've done the, the whole stabbing with the screwdriver. Well, and, it's a redundant, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. It's one of those where good work and you could do the eye patch and oh, uh, I don't know.
1: It just feels nice, like I Nice, I stir. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, my worry is that this goes too long for the sake of it because Daniels looks physically quite labored in the ring and he never wanted to seem like Mox is selling because that's what the layout of the match yeah, sort of means he has to do when it doesn't feel real. I don't want him to just pretend wrestle. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, I get where you're
0: coming from. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be... a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get ten percent off your first month. That's better help h e l p dot slash whatculture. <laughs> um I'll try and learn from you as a parent now. I already am trying as the impending looms ever closer. So, Sige, you answer this question. Before
1: qu- the joy comes into my life, you're making it
0: sound <laughs> like it's a, a thunderstorm. <laughs> but, Sige, look, you Which ans- it kind of is half the time. Uh, answer me this question, okay? And I've got a nicer question for you later, but you have to in- answer this one first, all okay. right? You can't kick off, okay? If you kick off, we're going, we're leaving, okay? We're stopping the podcast, Tell me about the evolution of the Hardy Party. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to hear from Matt and Jeff. I think technically Hardy Party right now because it's sort of got half of Private Party. Isaiah Cassidy's is obviously involved. Matt and Jeff, um, the firm potentially are going to be deleted. Hook is going to be what? Hoiden is that because he was talking Luke's about it on, on it. his on his podcast though about like oh the how it's going to grow and change the Hardy party and how me and Jeff are going to go after the tag titles again.
1: Learn your f***ing lesson from Double or Nothing. (laughs) Keep him around if you must, Jeff Hardy, if you must, as part of the rotating cast, and he can do some fun stuff every now and then because he's over Do not put them in a high-pressure title match situation. Just don't bother. It's a terrible idea. Learn the lesson, for God's sake. The evolution of the Hardy Party, does that mean they're going to be a new stable with new members? Could I possibly give a toss? No. So the Hardy Party, if that's what they call themselves. Matt Hardy had private party under contract. Then they were with Andrade?
0: Oh, yeah, the Hardy family office, then Hardy and Andrade family office, and then... A-H-F-O. And then Andrade family office, then sort of Roosh family office, because Andrade chinned Sammy Guevara. how did the firm get... Uh,
1: (laughs) And then Hook got involved because there was small print in the contract that said if... So when they... When they initially signed the contract... Yeah. From... I believe the firm taking it off Rush's hands. Matt Hardy somehow snuck in a clause that said, if Hook ever beats Ethan Page, yeah. we're out of here. Why rely on Hook, the guy who doesn't well, care about anything,
0: much less Matt Hardy, who no one cares about? But also, there's the <sighs> stipulation of... After the match, the. Hardy
1: thinks he's good at storytelling and at uh, AEWs. Just lacking. I'm here to help out with my veteran expertise. I'll help you with the storytelling.
0: Someone tell me every single beat and make it make sense to me. I want someone to explain. I still Ryan. don't understand that promo. If because you lost Ethan Page to Hook, maybe it was for the. Maybe the their argument is, God, I'm, I'm, why am I doing the work from here? They drew up a special title match contract for the FDW title match, and that's where he chucked the caveat in about then me and Isaiah are out of the firm. But then what was, and if we beat you in this one last match, then we're out of the firm. (laughs) Writing themselves
1: into corners constantly with this convoluted stuff that no one could begin to care about or recap. One thing doesn't logically precede the next thing no one actually cares and matt hardy's trying to smugly say oh, you know i've been in the business a long time and i get the storytelling thing and not many other people do it's like stories don't make sense and no one cares about them i know what you so why are you saying this to me i know what you want to happen. put this match on a vlog for That's god's what I was gonna sake
0: say. so i know you want that to happen on a vlog or on youtube or whatever when do you actually think the firm's deletion or whatever it's going to be better
1: not be dynamite it better not be dynamite Tuck it away on Rampage. Give it like two... Uh, give it a whole Rampage for me. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. They won't, but like, give it a third or half of Rampage for me. Do not put this thing on Dynamite. After a few awesome weeks after Revolution, we are back where we are in terms of AEW Dynamite, where basically since Revolution 2022... Even after that, when Punk was still there and you just had Punk versus MGF and you were kind of getting this weird vibe off the Hangman Punk thing and, you know, triple threat tag team title matches, three-way tag team title matches. It was all getting a bit skew if all off the rails. It hasn't been this unanimously popular thing that has energized the AEW fan base on the whole. hmm and now we're back to that after a few really promising weeks after this year's revolution, where the shows are all over the place, certain storylines are outright terrible. Why would you risk putting this incredibly divisive cinematic stuff that is veers so far away from what AEW should be? Because mm-hmm. I know they've said with a promotion with range. Where the promotional embraces all kinds of wrestling um like cinematic contrived why are the cameras there wrestling it's not the kind of thing that aew said they were going to do no it goes against the framework of what aew is and how things are built around it Oh, um, I hate this so much I don't think they can afford to put this on Dynamite for the per- for the perception of this company, which will completely change again upon the debut of Collision. But they've got the United Centre. They've got all in and then all out within a week of each other. They've got Forbidden Door. I know that's sold out already. There's a big summer coming up yeah, where they need to spin a whole lot of plates amongst the fandom and the locker room to keep as many people as happy as possible. Last week's Dynamite, and it's not the, not the only one of late, has been slaughtered online. The idea that this is the cool, hot, high-quality alternative to WWE. That narrative has slipped away for a long time. They cannot afford to put this on Dynamite. There could be a good version of this. Stokely Hathaway is really funny. Yes. Matt Hardy has had his moments. Competition's, competition is in the mud. You love to see it. There are glimmers of uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, light amusement, light entertainment to these matches. But the concept of the match itself... They can't afford to take too many more poundings in this company. They can't. And this match, risk, even the best version of this match, it's going to piss off too many people.
0: Mm. And you're going to get people... I don't want to get into it. I just, I'm just, i just glad there wasn't someone in WWE who uh, grabbed their opponent by the arm and walked along the top rope in a convoluted manner. I know. Really, make those people who were going after Commander look stupid, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, I know. When you make Kozlov look like the smart guy, I know, I know, I know. Anyway, let talk about that. Um, I, I found something for us to to cheer ourselves up okay. with. Okay, you've seen all the furore around the Twitter blue checkmark thing. I've oh God, get, that was foreign. Yeah, but that's all getting taken away now. Obviously, it was like there was a weird bit where it was like you could be either verified or Twitter blue. Then it was sort of amalgamated, and it was like this person's either paid for Twitter blue or they're a legacy account. It's now gone to it's only Twitter blue people now, and all the wrestlers are like, oh, they've taken away my thing, really. What if someone tries to pretend to be me? Well, you, you've got half a million followers. Just look at the people yeah, need. Yeah. If you, you don't can... even have to click on individual profiles. You can just
1: hover yeah. over the, the circle avatar to see who that person
0: is, if they're legit. And it just, like, Michael Sidgwick... Is M Sidgwick, he's not M underscore S one D G you know, like it, it's fair anyway. So all everyone people's kicking off, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous, right? Uh, and if you're that bothered about it, pay for it. It's eight dollars. I know but M underscore Sidgwick eighty three could pay for it as well. Good point. It's eighty five actually, I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm very old,
1: but not that old.
0: But um two wrestlers have kept their blue ticks um, by paying for them. Uh, do you wanna know who they are? The newest best friend pairing. MJF and Sammy Guevara. MJF tweeting, me and my new friend Sammy both agreed to pay for each other's blue check marks. That way we won't be marks playing for our own. Funny, funny stuff. I like that. Probably the second best tweet MJF sent in the last 24 hours, would you say? Yeah. And the best tweet that's still up. Yep. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Not for me to say. Um... Two women's things on tonight's rampage. Do they
1: realise they've only got an hour? The ratio of men to women, and they've got an hour. What are they thinking here? So we've got. Does he not realise what he's done?
0: And also, he's not booked a match featuring the Outcasts, uh, the Homegrowns, Jay Cargill, or Ty Valkyrie. What? It's Julia Hart versus Kiara Hogan.
1: Tell you what, Julia Hart uh, says. very quietly becoming something yeah like people are taken with her act she's done good numbers she's rapidly improving in the ring I'm quite looking forward to watching her develop I don't think this match will be up to much no I don't think it's designed to be up to much I think it's more of a character showcase for Julia Hart Um, it's been a very 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 slow build but it's weird because when Brian Pillman Jr. got missed in the face and it was meant to be her and then she was the cheerleader with the uh, eye patch and stuff. It was like, right, okay. Is this working? Is it even still happening? Oh, it's still happening. Is it working? It's, it's worked. She's yeah, got a bit absolutely. of a mystique around her. She plays the part very, very well, I think. Um if it continues trending in this direction, the character is genuinely so like intriguing that... She's going to win this match. Yes. It's not her only singles match on television this year. Could they be building her up for something actually proper and substantial?
0: Quite possibly, yeah. Because obviously they've already got three belts amongst the four of them in their heads to beg. I don't know what, you know, what would have to happen going forward for that. I don't know whether, you know, you're going to do some more a different women's title or... Oh, shut
1: title. up, man. Don't manifest that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Someone asked me that on the news the other day. With Collision, do you think they're going to add more belts? I was like, you know, not. No. no. More than enough going around. So I'm going to turn back from that street. Yeah, Julia Hart beats Kara Hogan in a, another, like you say, predictable but, um, I don't say necessary, but like you say, it's about Julia Hart developing on screen and that's the way that she can do it yeah. here. Here's the question. We're also set to hear from Jade Cargill, who's inevitably going to crow about the fact that she hit Jaded on Tyre Valkyrie, of course, uh, on last week's Rampage. Will they put the two women's segments together? Will they be like, one, two, yes. three, right, here's Jade Cargill, or will they be brave enough to be like, you know what, let's put Jade
1: Cargill. Mm, I will say.
0: And is, am I right in what I'm thinking there about the Jade Cargill thing? She's going to say, that's why I the Jaded's better than the Road Till Valhalla or whatever it's called. Yeah, I think so. I
1: try not to be cynical about this. I still want to see it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I want to wait to see it. I don't know if I'm like frothing at the mouth with anticipation. Like, oh, I want it now, but at the same time, when it happens, I'll Double be long sad. It's so just let's, around the corner. Yeah, so I'll be sad if it happens. So that's just waiting. Oh, I don't know where my mind is. I want to see it, but I don't really care that much when. Okay. Do it quickly.
0: Maybe they'll do the thing that they did. Uh, do you remember when it was uh, Big Show versus Seamus? And the whole thing was like, what's. What's harder, the WMD or the Bro Kick? And they got that thing that measured... You had to kick a square, basically, on yeah, SmackDown. Yeah. That was a big selling point of that show. Maybe they're going to be like, what's worse to take, Jaded or Valhalla? We're going to get a dummy and slam it into the ground so you've got the biggest slam.
1: Don't hear that idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, finally, I've written something here that sounds normally quite disingenuous when I say this, and often I'll say it to you in reg- with regards like a raw preview, and you'll roll your eyes and go... Oh, really, I've talked about this for five minutes to get to the mid roll ad or whatever. Nah, this is this is the exception that proves the rule. Michael Sidwick, and this is the thing I promised you earlier on that cheer you up tonight on Rampage. Yeah, can FTR and Triple J coexist? That's great.
1: It's a great question. I often say there's a good and bad version of everything, right? And this is a good version of a trend in AEW that I've grown very, very tired of of late. Tony Khan has got this absolutely mammoth roster. Mm -hmm. And I still don't think he can help himself. I don't think uh, Collision is going to resolve this at all. Yeah, he'll
0: say, we need to sign more people for Collision. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What he likes to do is plot these fairly convoluted, and some might even say contrived storylines that get a lot of different wrestlers interacting all at once in one segment. At its best, I call this deft dovetailing booking. I'm really going to need to find a phrase that describes the opposite of that. Um, But my God, this is a good version of it. Look, it's not too dissimilar to the acclaimed JAS stuff where we're going to have an eight-man tie to see if we can get along, which is clearly happening so that they don't get along and then they have a match. And it's like, why is Tony Khan sanctioning this? What has this to do with the million titles he promotes, getting far further and further away from the sporting crux of this promotion by booking these kind of silly, convoluted matches that only exist to make other matches. It's like something eating itself. This is a good version of having a whole host of characters interact. On one level, I'm like, FTR after immediately winning the tag team titles in a division that's never felt thinner... Next to a roster that's never been bigger. Mm, Yeah, we were struggling to pick opponents for them the other day. I'd like to just see them get involved in a tag team feud, quite frankly. One will spin off from this. And there's a really cool hook that binds all of these people together. This is a good version of Tony Khan trying to cram as many people into a storyline as possible to delay the blow-off match. The Mark Briscoe FTR connection, the Jay Lethal Mark Briscoe connection. So this is all really good stuff, really good stuff.
0: And FTR versus Jarrett and Lethal could be something special. Oh, that put that on double or nothing. That'd be like my second match to put on. Nah, it'd be up there for the big matches to put on there. Um, because yeah, we said it on the Dynamite Review, I believe, yesterday. Just we or maybe the preview where you said. Jarrett came in and we we're like, okay, very good. Jarrett's done his one thing. All right, yeah, fine. You can do the the Orange Cassidy thing, I suppose, and you can do the acclaimed the stuff. All right, do, do the FTR stuff. Okay, make, give, make,
1: give him the belt. <laughs> come
0: on, give him the belt. Finally, a reason for people to um, be a fan of, of that team because of their movie star good looks, because Jeff Jarrett's in there. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do you think they're going to cope with Tony Nese, Josh Woods, Ari Davari, and Slim Jay? If they're going to kill them in what could be a f- really fun match. I, yeah, I, I want more of, because obviously FTR are good guys now, and they used to be, you know, cut the ring in half and all the classic stuff that people fell in love with. So, But they want to play by the rules now. I loved the dynamic of the match the other week where Mark Briscoe was just like, no, you don't, we'll find some jobbers, lads. You don't have to, like, jump them before the bell but the, so I want more of that. I want FTR in control. And again, uh, uh, maybe uh, J, uh, Jay Lethal or Sanjay Dutt or Satnam Sat Singh gets involved with Slim Jay on the outside because that's a fun visual thing. But I want Jeff Jarrett to keep sliding in and hitting people with a stroke. And like, you yeah. don't need to do this. You know, Josh Woods is a threat. Yeah. Tony Neese has got abs. Ari DeVore is very handsome, but they, they're going to get battered. They're just Sterling's bunch of lads, aren't they? But yeah, it's, I'm not tired of that dynamic yet. Nah, of, nah, of no, helping out my like, buddy, get stay on him, stay on him, yeah, him yeah. Dax. He was getting his ass handed to him anyway. And there's a part of me that wants to see uh, Triple J hit the big rig and be like, "See, we, yeah. can, we can do it. We can do that." That looking in the mirror, isn't it? Basically, great stuff. I love this. One of the only good can they coexist storylines. Yeah, Not the ultimate can they coexist
1: storyline was Hangman Page and Kenny Omega.
0: That was. Oh, they've got a team again soon. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've cheered ourselves up by the end. There oh you go. Uh, right. Let's so know your thoughts ahead of Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. We haven't got the blue tick. We never have. Um, you can follow Michael Sidgwick on Twitter at
1: msidgwick.
0: Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, the Smackdown preview is available right now. WrestleCulture with the hashtag BloodyGoodQuiz is coming your way later on today. Uh, and Me and Sid will be back on Monday to review this special Saturday night episode of AEW Rampage. But for now, this has been the preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon.